In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest blessings of my life and the greatest joys of my life is to be a father, to be a dad. And many of you that are fathers know what I mean by that. I'm very blessed with five wonderful Christian, beautiful children. And this resonates very much with the gospel readings today in my mind and I hope in yours. If you were here for the early morning gospel reading, it's a very beautiful scene, one of my favorites, one of my favorite scripture readings. It's after the resurrection of Christ and the appearances of Christ when he appears to the apostles after his resurrection. At this particular day, the apostles are uh, deciding to go fishing. Peter says, I'm going fishing. And the other disciples say, we'll go with you. So they go fishing. And they catch nothing all night. And in the morning, Christ is standing at the seashore and he tells them, children, have you caught anything? And they say, no, nothing. And he says, put your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And they do, and then they catch an amazing amount of fish. And then they haul it ashore and Peter jumps into the, into the lake and swims ashore and they recognize that it's Christ. And now he says something very interesting. He says, bring the fish you've just caught. And when they get there, there's a charcoal fire there and bread that he's provided. And he says, come have breakfast. Come have breakfast. What a beautiful little statement of Christ. One of my favorites. Why? Because it's so sweet. It's so personal. It's so full of love. It's so intimate. He calls them children and he makes them breakfast. So that's what we do sometimes as dads. We make breakfast. I make breakfast for my kids sometimes. And I'm sure you all have a memory of your father making you breakfast. So that's the, that's the image we have here of Christ in a very intimate, very beautiful, very simple, very close to his disciples, calling them children, caring for their needs, showing them love, feeding them, not only through his teachings, but physically giving them food for their bodies. Now this image of the father with his children is also revealed in the gospel reading that you just heard. And now we hear Christ speaking to his father in a very close and intimate way. It's almost like we're eavesdropping on his conversation with the Father through the evangelist John. And the marvelous words he says that are full of life and full of truth and mystery. But what he reveals is his closeness to the Father, his intimacy and closeness to the Father. And that he's followed the words of the Father. He's done 
he's been obedient to the Father and fulfilled his will and will continue to fulfill it by taking up the cross and being crucified for the world, for the world, for the salvation of the world. Obedient to the Father, even in that. And then there's another level today of fathers, and that has to do with the fathers of the first ecumenical council. Now, what do we mean by fathers of the church? Or sometimes we call them holy fathers. Agie pateres, we say. So, first of all, we have to understand this clearly. The fathers of the church, the first fathers of the church, are the disciples of Christ. The twelve apostles were the first fathers. Why? Because they were children of Christ. He literally calls them children in the morning gospel reading. And they were his disciples, meaning they learned from him. They followed him. Just as my children and your children learned from you and followed you and were obedient to you. So the Holy, the, the Holy Fathers, or the, the first Holy Fathers, were the disciples who were children. Then they became fathers and taught others. The early Christians became their children. And as those children of the early Christians grew, they became, some of them became fathers. Now, these were uh, teachers of the early church who became bishops, who became priests. And they were so important because just as all of us look to our parents look to our earthly fathers for guidance, for wisdom, for protection. So these fathers of the church protected and taught the people. And why was that important? Because there's another father in the story. And he, Christ says, is the father of lies. Who is that? His, his name is not worth mentioning. But the father of lies teaches people lies, teaches them heresies, false teachings. And these, this is what was going on in the early church. Of course, even at the time of Christ, this was going on. The father of lies was whispering in the ears of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those who were persecuting Christ and who whispered into the ear of Judas. It was the father of lies. And his children committed the persecution against the children of God. And one of those was Arius, who came and said that, and he, by the way, was a priest. He said that there was a time that, that the Son of God did not exist. That he was created. That only the Father was before all time. And at some point that the Son of God or the second person of the Trinity was created. And by saying that, it might seem simplistic, but it's a very dangerous teaching. Because if he's created, then he's not of the same essence. He's not, uh, he's not God because he's created. And the church 
warned this man and said, you can't teach this. And he said, I will teach it. And he would not repent. And then he started spreading this message, this false teaching. And many people believed. So the fathers of the church, the bishops from all of the Christian kingdom at the time gathered. And our patron saint, Constantine, called them together and organized this meeting which we call the First Ecumenical Council so that they can come together and say what we believe and denounce this false teaching. So they gathered, they worshipped, and they prayed and fasted and served the liturgy and asked the Holy Spirit to illumine them. And so he did. And they composed what we recite today, and that is the creed. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten, not created. That not created is exactly the response to Arius. And they wrote the rest of the creed all the way up to the line uh, regarding the Holy Spirit, which then was added at the Second Ecumenical Council. So the Holy Fathers protected the church, taught the church, guided the church. But the father of lies continues to attack the church and try to divide and destroy the church. So we have this image of Christ and his love, his closeness to the disciples, making them breakfast, showing and then teaching them and they now receiving his teaching and then being teachers and fathers themselves to their children, the Christians, who then grow the church and it's under attack through heresies, yet the holy fathers of the church protect it. And down the centuries we go to our modern day and to our little parish right here and to our own uh, experience of the church and our own relationship to it. We end a liturgy, we, in, we end every service saying, through the prayers of our Holy Fathers, Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us and save us. We, in other words, continually connect ourselves with the Holy Fathers. But here's the caveat. Are we their children? Are we their children? Because if we're going to call them holy fathers, if we're going to call them fathers, then we have to obey them. Just like a child will obey her father or, or his father. A child that loves and obeys his father will not question the father, will not try to sneak around the father, will not try to break the father's rules and make their own rules. And so the church gives us the fathers to guide us, to teach us, and we have to be obedient to them. 
and their teachings and not to the other father of the lies who teaches heresies and unfortunately many people especially in some of these uh, groups that take the Bible and make their own version of Christianity they are caught up in a multitude of the lies of the father of lies and false teachings and have rejected the Holy Fathers and their teachings or they are blind they don't realize they've rejected the teachings of the fathers so we have to be obedient to the fathers and know what they teach and then ultimately we are even more responsible my friends because in this liturgy in every liturgy and when you are at home what do you say you say paterimon our father now we're talking about the the father the heavenly father can i call him my father if i say our father who art in heaven i'm calling him my father am i his son am i his daughter god says yes you are and he shows it by doing exactly what christ did on that seashore he provides for you he teaches you he protects you he feeds you with his body and his blood now you can call him father because he's treated you as a son and a daughter but now you must act like a son and a daughter you must act like it otherwise you're doing this sneaking around stuff and it's going to get you in trouble it's going to get you put on time out so today as we remember the holy fathers of the church let us understand how close and how loved we are by our heavenly father who loves us and protects us and guides us through the holy fathers of the church and their wisdom and their teachings and how we are called to respond by being and living like sons and daughters of the father glory to the father and the son and the holy spirit amen